Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for October 17th, 2023. What is a soft landing and are we heading for one? Today we will conclude our two-part series on soft landings and we're going to discuss the current economic backdrop and examine the likelihood that we'll see a soft landing over the next year. Joining me again, we have Nationwide's Chief Economist, Kathy Bostancic, and Senior Economist, Ben Ayers. Kathy, implicitly, the Fed is forecasting a soft landing in 2024. The same could be said of financial markets. They see the same thing, too. So what do you think supports this confidence that a soft landing could be on the way? Well, thanks, Brian. Yeah, certainly the Fed Reserve and uh, its latest updated macroeconomic forecast has has increased confidence that they can uh, navigate a, a soft landing whereby economic growth actually doesn't contract on an annual basis and and they see the unemployment rate only rising to 4.1%, which is pretty much in line with what they would say is the neutral long-run unemployment rate or otherwise known as as NERU, which is the non-accelerating inflation rate of unemployment. So in a sense, it's nirvana. And what they're ultimately also trying to do is slow the economy enough so it gets below their long-run potential growth rate, which they estimate to be 1.8. And then eventually it comes back and recovers to 1.8. So sort of the soft landing or Nirvana outcome would be 1.8% real GDP growth and somewhere around 4% unemployment rate. I would say up until recently, investors and, and also, you know, even in the economics community, you know, economists starting to embrace um, increased odds that we could indeed get a soft landing, despite the Federal Reserve hiking rates from zero to, to over 5%. And the reason being is that economic data continue to be quite resilient. If you looked at the labor market and, and the consumer, which are the main sort of drivers of, of the economy, it, it was a lot of staying power there. Um, and And at the same time, the inflation, the rate of inflation, was trending lower or has been trending lower. And and same thing with wage growth. Now, both wage growth and inflation are still quite high and, and higher than they were pre-pandemic. But the fact that you were seeing this moderation in inflation when the economy was, was resilient, you know, just did feed into that soft landing narrative. What's interesting, though, is that third quarter growth now looks to be you know, very strong, you know, well above their long run potential growth rate of 1.8. In fact, it looks to be more than double that. It's going to probably be somewhere between four to five percent annualized growth. Now that's moved into uh, an area where it's too hot and concerns that even though inflation has trended lower, that improvement may stall. And what you have seen is that the Fed Reserve, in, in both in their interest rate forecast, but also the rhetoric, have, have been quite hawkish and have suggested maybe there's another rate hike coming this year. But more importantly, what has grabbed the attention of the markets is is that they keep re-emphasizing and, and underscoring that rates could stay higher for longer. And it seems as if the markets have finally in, taken hold of that. And we've seen interest rates across the Treasury yield curve rise, particularly led by the long end. So 10-year Treasury yields have risen quite sharply. We're right now uh, looking at you know, 470 or so 
on the 10-year Treasury note yield, and and some speculating maybe it will go to 5%. Um, the 30-year Treasury uh, yield did touch 5%. It's come off a bit. And what that's done is shaken up the equity market a bit because with higher borrowing costs, that worries um, equity investors because they know companies who, even though they locked into uh, financing before and they were sort of immune to higher interest rates, a lot of that debt is now uh, maturing and they've got to refinance and they're looking at much higher rates. So their debt service costs are going to rise and that's a negative for, for profits and, and it hurts their profit margins. And, you know, that all of that's kind of just right now what the markets are, are wrestling with is this idea that, well, maybe we were on course for a soft landing, but ironically, the acceleration and the and and hotter economic growth has brought forward the idea that rates are going to be higher for longer, and that could dampen you know the odds for soft landing. So right now we're you know looking at incoming data. The Fed Reserve and the market is going to be very very data dependent and looking closely at the consumer spending, looking very closely at the labor market, but ultimately really is inflation and how do the Consumer price and and the PC price data uh, line up. Is it um, is it going to continue to give a signal? Yes, maybe soft landing is possible, or perhaps not come down as as much as it has and and sort of stall the the improvement and suggest the Fed has to keep policy restrictive for for longer. Thank you, Kathy. Ben, you and Kathy last week's episode gave us a very wonderful historical perspective of about the uh, previous soft landings and when they happened and what was happening at the time. So can you do some compare and contrast here? How are the current conditions we're seeing today, the ones that Kathy just talked about there, how are they different than the previous periods that you'd mentioned when the soft landings happened? Yeah, Kathy got to talk about a little bit of the good news. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm kind of focused on the bad news here. And, and as we mentioned last week, a, a key condition for the prior examples of soft landings that we've seen has been an early easing by the Fed. Both the mid-1980s and the mid-1990s, the, the Fed was raising rates in response to hotter economic conditions, but they were able to quickly reverse course on that tightening cycle, ease policy, and really cut off the negative impacts from higher interest rates and tighter financial market conditions and prevent a more broader economic slowdown. You know, things slowed a little bit, but didn't slow all the way down to an economic recession and able to cut off and extend the expansion for longer. You know, again, this was helped by a more muted inflationary environment over both of those periods. They eased early, they pushed off the negative growth, and again, kept that expansion going for several years longer after they had initially tightened rates. And again, promoting some of the longer economic expansions that we've seen in U.S. history. Unfortunately, right now, the current inflationary environment is a much different animal. You know, in many ways, the Fed is still trying to catch up to the post-pandemic inflation surge, first initially driven by supply chain disruptions and the rise in goods costs, but has shifted over the past year to particularly housing and service costs. And really, unfortunately, even with the, the very high rate increases that we've seen, I haven't seen as much of a response from the labor market 
to the sharp tightening. And that continues to put pressure particularly on the labor market, on services inflation. And that's the part of the inflation story that the Fed is really concerned about because, again, that sticks with us as something that lingers on. And it could be a concern still, obviously, to the rest of this year, but probably over most of 2024 as well. And as Kathy just laid out, probably keeping policy at a restrictive level into next year, maybe not going higher, but especially seeing an extended period of rates about where they are right now. And then even when they do start to ease rates, which again, we might not happen till second quarter next year, maybe even into the second half of 2024, not seeing nearly as much rate cuts as we saw. As Kathy mentioned in the summary of economic projections, the Fed was only expecting to see two rate cuts over the course of 2024. So even more than a year from now, only seeing policy rates a little bit lower than where they are currently, which we already estimate is in a rather restrictive level. And that just doesn't really work for a soft landing narrative. Uh, Where I own forecast, we see a little more rate cuts than what the Fed shows, but that's obviously, I think, because we're still expecting a moderate succession relative to the soft landing that the Fed has in there. But I think either way, especially when you look at the the outward projections that the Fed showed, they're not expecting to be at a neutral rate for the federal funds rate for several more years. Uh, Again, this really works against the soft landing narrative to be aligned with prior soft landings we'd probably need to see the Fed shift to easing over the next two FOMC meetings. And clearly we're still on tightening watch, not on an easing watch as we look in the near term here. Again, not probably not expecting to see any easing for at least six months or maybe longer than that. And again, by our estimation, the current period is playing out much differently than what we've seen ahead of the prior soft landings. They're very much pointing still towards a hard landing instead. Well, talk to us about some of the leading indicators then. What do they predict right now for a soft or hard landing? Yeah, I guess the bad hits keep coming, unfortunately. You know, by and large, most of the indicators that we economists would look at, you know, point to high odds of a recession over the next year rather than a soft landing. And that's why when you look back, especially over the past six to 12 months, you've seen many people focusing on those and focusing on their forecasts that we're more than likely to see a recession as opposed to a soft landing. Even with the lingering strength that we've seen from the economy this year, we are seeing signs of weakness building on the margins for both consumers and businesses, particularly as you look at the credit environment has really ground to a halt, very hard to get credit. That's really the the grease that makes the wheel go. And more and more people and businesses are starting to prepare for worse economic times ahead. And there's a little bit of, you know, as you prepare for that, you're also causing that to happen as well. You know, the conference board's index of leading economic indicators has declined for 19 straight months. This is a good index that combines 10 different factors for from a leading aspect for the economy. Again, that's declined for 19 consecutive months and now has a year-over-year decline of 7.6% as of August. We can definitively say we've never seen a reading this poor from the conference board's indicator without a recession following. You're seeing very similar terms from another key leading indicator, the yield curve, or the spread between short and long-term interest rates. That's been flashing a recession warning for quite some time. After the sharp tightening over the course of 2022, the Fed funds rate moved higher than the 10-year Treasury rate actually all the way back last November. So we actually had what we would call a full inverted yield curve for almost nearly a whole year. Um, That that version has been sustained. It's gone deeper over the course of 2023. And again, we've never seen an inversion of the yield curve last this long or with this amount of depth without a recession following. So, you know, can it be different this time? It very well could. But, you know, when you look at the historical readings, 
particularly many of the leading indicators very much pointing towards the hard landing as opposed to a soft landing. And then finally, one final leading indicator we'll look at is equity markets. And while the equity markets remain pretty positive for much of 2023, uh, really defying expectations rose pretty sharply over the first half of the year. Um, but once again, the weakness is starting to build there as well. As Cassie laid out, we were seeing investors are more concerned about rising interest rates, the prospect of maybe an extended period of restricted monetary policy. We've seen the market respond over the past month or so with some pretty big declines. So are we seeing maybe that normal drop-off in the market ahead of an eventual recession? It, it very well could be. Um, so you look in aggregate at all of these leading indicators you know, it still very much points towards a hard landing or a recession as opposed to a soft landing. And that's really still the baseline that we have as we look at the impact of the Fed rate hikes and where we're likely to see Fed policy go over the next year. Thank you, Ben. Uh, Kathy, Ben just told us about the leading indicators and what they're predicting. Can you walk us through the next six to 12 months and what the Fed is expected to do? And based on that, how could the Fed's actions impact the odds of a soft landing? Yeah, so according to to our forecast, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know we're we're looking for a, a rather mild recession, so so not really a, a true soft landing, but not all that hard as well. So it's not a, a real severe contraction, but we, we think as growth declines in um, the the first half of next year, that's going to help to pull inflation. Uh, the pace of inflation even even lower. And that, we believe, will be sort of the catalyst for the Federal Reserve to eventually start to cut rates. But we think they're going to be slow to cut rates. It is going to take inflation getting down to kind of a lower 3% level before they, they actually cut rates. So in terms of you know the timing and the degree, we, we see the Fed now holding at this five and a quarter and five and a half percent target range through the first quarter of next year. So we're not looking for another rate increase, although it's possible. But more importantly, we don't see them cutting rates until sometime in, in the second quarter of, of next year. And even when they do that, we're looking for really moderate or modest declines. Um, you know, what's interesting is typically when they're raising rates, they're more measured. And then when they're cutting rates, they're doing it rather quickly because they do see signs, as Ben pointed out, about leading indicators and then eventually the coincident indicators start rolling over and the recession's coming. But this time, as we've highlighted, it's just very different because inflation is still, even if it trends lower as we think, it's still going to be well above the 2% target. So they're going to be very cautious and slow in and lowering rates. Um, and, and we don't think they actually get until, you know, below 4% by, by the end of next year. But, you know, if I contrast that with what the markets are pricing in right now, the markets are actually even less optimistic about the Fed being able to rate, cut rates. They have uh, the, the um, expectations of about 4.5% on a Fed funds rate. So it's quite an interesting dynamic wasn't too long ago that the markets were actually expecting the Fed to very quickly cut rates and that rates would be lower. And that was helping to support this idea that would have a soft landing. That has really changed over the last few months and particularly over the last month with, again, you know, the Fed setting the signal, we're going to be higher for longer. And and now we see long-term rates higher. 
Interestingly, I would also add that with the dynamic that's going on in the um, in the markets, you know, long term rates higher, mortgage rates, as Ben mentioned, approaching eight percent, and with the equity market actually having traded lower since um, the middle of September, particularly, and and volatility rising, you're actually seeing a tightening of financial conditions. So. On one hand, that means that the Fed may not have to raise rates one more time because the markets are tightening for them. But it also means that maybe they've lost control of the narrative and control of the markets. And if you see more tightening than they even had anticipated or, or were aiming for, that actually could mean that our mild recession could become harder. And, and you know, there, there's some downside risk. So I, I would say the next couple of weeks going to be very important because we're going to start to get data that give us some indication, like September data gives us the handoff indication for the fourth quarter. And that's going to be very important. You know, how's growth sizing up to be and, and, and how, what, you know, what will be the Fed's reaction function? Yeah, thank you, Kathy. And I can look and see at the table here in the studio that uh, both Kathy and Ben did bring their crystal balls with him today to the recording so i'm going to ask ben he's looking at his right now he's trying to figure out which running back to play for the fantasy football team next weekend so ben if you could turn yours to the 2024 range now you don't laugh i think kathy's looking to see if the yankees can turn things around next year next season so if you could look at the 2024 forecast there for you what do you see ben do you see a hard or a soft landing i i see a hard landing i mean i think that it's been hard for the profession because you know we've been calling this for over a year and at a certain point you become the boy who cried wolf but you know when i look forward and i see what the fed is likely to do how that reaction function has worked historically and particularly looking at the leading indicators i foresee a hard landing i think there's just a question about is it a pretty modest recession or or is it a little weaker or much much you know deeper than that um, i don't think a, a deep recession is in the cards but it could be more in that mild to moderate category. Uh, Kathy, do you agree with that? Yeah, I would, I would just add that, you know, with my crystal ball, we're, we're, we're worried about the Mets uh, in my household than, than the Yankees, but um, oh. both, they, both need, <laughs> they both need a lot of improvement next year, that's for sure. But, you know, in terms of the outlook, yeah, our, our baseline forecast is, is for, you know, that mildly hard landing, so to speak, um, a mild recession. But I think the risks are lining up now that we could have a, a harder landing. Again, I would just say the, the the current, you know, the data we'll be getting over the next few weeks is going to be very critical in helping us to assess that. Um, but it's really hard to see, you know, when you see this type of violent move, really, in long-term rates jumping up and, and mortgage rates going higher, and the dollar stronger too, you know, we add that equity market, you're, you're seeing a really significant tightening of financial conditions that usually does not bode well for growth. Kathy, thank you so much. And Ben as well, this is a great topic. I know a lot of people are talking about soft landings right now. So this has been very helpful for our audience and for all of us here. So thank you so much. We will continue to watch the economy and the financial markets to see where things are heading. Uh, join us again as we look at other topics, including the GDP numbers, which will be coming out soon. And we'll also take a look at AI, artificial intelligence. What is going on with that? What kind of advancements are we seeing? What economic impact from those advancements? Subscribe to our podcast so you get notified as soon as each new episode is released. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. 
The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023. Nationwide.